0: Hi and welcome to episode number one of the Body High podcast. Today I am reading a blog post that I put up on my website entitled Developing the Quantum Mind. I hope you enjoy it. My grandmother had a phrase that she'd use when talking about the many different opinions that people have on life and how to live it. Cada cabeza es un mundo, she'd say in Spanish. Every head is a world. The effectiveness of that simple expression doesn't quite translate as well in English, but as a child it worked very well for me because I literally imagined people walking around with a planet rotating over their necks. When I was frustrated or irritated with people I didn't agree with, I'd always end up referring to my grandmother saying, Cada cabeza es un mundo. Each head is a world. Metaphors are powerful because they create a visual model in our mind for how the world works. My grandmother's metaphor made me see each one of us as Neptunes and Jupiters circling around the sun. I believed that just like the planets, most of us moved around a fixed orbit created by our habits and our beliefs about the world. We go round and round in that orbit day after day, and it is from that vantage point that we can relate to life and other people. No one can ever really know what is going on in my head, and I can never know what is going on in anybody else's. This realization taught me to be less judgmental because no matter how much I try, I can never truly know what it is like to walk in somebody else's shoes. The solar system itself must look very different from Pluto's perspective than from Mercury's, each one of them being so far away from each other. As a kid, I began to understand human behavior as it related to our solar system. But when I learned about quantum mechanics, I went from a macroscopic view of life to a microscopic one. Quantum physics functions as a link between the fields of science and the fields of philosophy and spirituality. The discoveries made through quantum physics have confirmed what people thousands of years before us already knew about the energy that stimulates life, even before the scientific method was invented. Our ancestors called it prana, chi, spirit. Today, we have one more name to give it, quanta. Quanta are the small packets of energy that give life to the actions of atoms and electrons. Quanta is what animates all of life. The fantastical behavior observed at such a miniature level is something that we cannot see in our solid material world, but odd things do happen at that tiny scale. At the quantum level, atoms and electrons behave like something out of the twilight zone where parallel universes may exist, and even teleportation can be possible. Ever since Isaac Newton, scientists believed that life functioned like a machine that we could learn to manipulate. In the Newtonian model of looking at the world, even the actions of atoms and electrons could be predictable. Quantum physics changed all that. In the same way that atoms and electrons are governed by the fantastical energy of quanta, we too operate in ways that we can't quite understand. We like to think of ourselves as concrete and real, but at the quantum level, that's not necessarily true. I think our tendency to treat ourselves and our bodies like machines comes from the Newtonian point of view that is infiltrated in our culture. Everything in life can be seen as mechanical contraptions with individual parts, instead of looking at ourselves as an organic whole enlivened by many different factors. The more I studied quantum mechanics, the more I understood that while we can be occasionally predictable, and to a degree we do tend to function as planets stuck in their fixed orbit, if we begin to see the world through quantum goggles, we can quantum leap from orbit to orbit like an electron. We can be in more than one place at a time like an atom. And we can learn to ride the quantum wave as we move across the uncertainty of life. In analyzing my own inner workings, the emotional, spiritual, and psychological, I realized that by using quantum physics, I got the best understanding of how I operated. And this was incredibly helpful because for most of my life, I've had issues with extreme anxiety that have manifested as obsessive compulsions, eating disorders, panic attacks, addictive behaviors, and depression. Growing up in the United States, I felt like any emotion besides happiness was considered to be a disorder. If you look at most of advertisement, the people selling us stuff in magazines and billboards are usually elated. They have friends around them and their life is a constant party. And even if the person on the billboard isn't actually smiling, he or she is usually lean, young and good looking, which in our culture is what we've learned to associate with happiness. Even our declaration of independence tells us that the pursuit of happiness is a reason why this country was created. So happiness is good and depression is not. And in a world that preaches that idea, we cut ourselves from the beautiful messages that our depression and our anxiety have for us. Out of guilt and shame for being failures at achieving permanent happiness, we try to fix our depression. This was my attitude for a long time. I was a failure at happiness, and therefore, there was something wrong with me. By understanding the discoveries in quantum physics, I gained a new perspective. They gave me a new model from which to view my inner world. I call this philosophy the quantum mind, and it is about learning to see our perceived reality and ourselves in a way that makes us, like the quantum world, more multidimensional. It shows us that at the quantum level, we aren't meant to be only one way. I began to put together my quantum mind philosophy by understanding three discoveries in quantum physics. Quantum leaping, the multiverse theory, and the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Quantum leaping, the electron. Once upon a time, it was believed that electrons were stuck in their one particular orbit around the nucleus of an atom, in the same way that planets move in said orbits around the sun. In 1913, physicist Niels Bohr discovered that electrons can actually jump from one orbit to another. He called this quantum leaping. Similarly, we can also jump from one fixed state of being into another because our states are never really fixed to begin with. The states I am talking about are our emotional and mental states. When I feel depressed, I feel like I am in a deep, dark well I can't get out of. If I am feeling depressed for a few days in a row, I begin to identify with my depression and I begin to see myself as a depressed person. It doesn't matter what the state is. If we begin to string enough depressed, angry, happy, fun, drunk, or adventurous days in a row, we begin to identify with that way of being. For many of us who experience many consecutive days feeling depressed or anxious, this is how we begin to see ourselves. So much so that we forget we can also be other ways. We forget we can also be funny people, interesting people, loving, giving, curious, courageous, energetic, and playful. Like Einstein said, time is relative. And when we are feeling down, it feels like we're in that funk forever. But since we are made up of atoms and electrons and the quanta that govern them, we can also quantum leap from one state of being into another. I'm not suggesting it's as easy as it sounds, the beginning it can be rather difficult especially because we're not used to it i can't be in the depths of depression and just say to myself okay it's time to be happy be happy come on get going be happy getting good at quantum leaping takes time it takes practice and consistency it takes doing it especially during moments when we don't feel like it when we are rolling in our own self-hatred and disillusion those are exactly the best moments to practice quantum leaping. At first, we'll be completely faking it. But as we continue to fake it till we make it, we will make it. Now, I'm not suggesting that every time we experience a difficult emotion, we should try to quantum leap uh, or run away from it and try to get on the happy train. We'll be kicked off like a passenger who hasn't earned his or her right to ride. When we are stuck in an emotional rut, we might have to be in that orbit for a certain amount of time until we've learned the lesson to be learned and it's time to move on to another orbit. Our emotional ups and downs aren't that easy to control because like life, we aren't machines. Our unpleasant emotions serve a purpose in our lives and we won't be able to fully move on from them until we can embrace their presence. They teach us a lot about the different orbits that exist in the human realm. This is something that I realized when dealing with my eating disorders. I just wanted to get better without having to do the self inquiry and the work that getting better required. I needed to be with my eating disorder first before I could make a quantum leap. Difficult emotions aren't something we can ever really escape, at least not while living as a human being. So we might as well get used to having a good relationship with them while we're along for this human ride. If we don't learn to work with difficult emotions, especially anxiety and depression, they will work against us that can easily turn into addictions, obsessions, and self-destruction. Quantum leaping is not about escapism, but rather about paradigm shifting. The trick to quantum leaping is not to force it. Instead, we need to pay close attention to the orbit that we are on, whether we're having a good time or a bad time while we're there. When I couldn't get out of bed because I was feeling at my lowest, I wished for the day when I could finally find a way to fix myself permanently, so that I never had to feel that way again. And for as long as I continued to see my depression in that way, I could never be able to quantum leap. Today, I understand my depression as a natural cycle, as just one of the many orbits that are available for my electrons to ride on. My depression is not a disease or something that makes me broken. It is just one of the many emotions through which we can experience human life. If energy cannot be created or destroyed, and all of life is energy, then life has no beginning and no end. Life itself is a cycle where we are recycled and our emotions are recycled many times during our lifetime. I've had periods of euphoria, periods of creativity and periods of calmness that have all come and gone during different times in my life. The same thing happens with depression and other not so fun states. Like the soil from which the flower grows, our darkness is full of nutrients for us to extract if we just learn how to see it in that way. A flower itself is something that is recycled. It dies, it regrows, it dies, it regrows. And what allows it to resurrect each time is the fact that its roots are always extracting nutrients from the dirt, and that simultaneously, its face never stops looking up at the sun. Similarly, what will allow us to quantum leap from one state to another more easily is to see the richness of our dark inner tunnels, while never stopping to search for the light at the end of it. Multiverse, the atom. One of the findings that makes quantum physics seem like something right out of the twilight zone is that atoms apparently can be in more than one place at a time. They can exist in several different places at once, like in parallel universes. From personal experience, there have been many times when I felt that way. My body can be in one place while my mind is somewhere 100,000 light years away in the future or thinking about something I did 10 years ago. I can have contradictory feelings about different subjects, like the death penalty, for example, or taxes, or hunting, or a gizmo that I don't really need, but I really want to buy off of Amazon Prime. There are the pros, the cons, the rights, the wrongs, the good, the bad, and the immense gray area that exists in between all polarities. There is a whole sky full of emotions that we can feel at once. There are endless amounts of spectacles through which to view ourselves. I can feel simultaneously happy for someone, and jealous of them. I can be elated and sad about moving to a new place or leaving a job. I can look back at my childhood and examine it through the lenses of psychoanalysis, colonialism, socioeconomic factors, blame, forgiveness, appreciation, regret, etc. Like the electron, we aren't fixed to only one way of being, one way of thinking, or one way of relating to the world. And like the atom, it can be in many places at once. One of the theories developed through quantum physics is that of the multiverse, or parallel universes. If an atom can be in more than one place at a time, it can exist in different versions of reality, like a future version of you, or a version where you were born Chinese, or one in which you became king or queen of ancient Sumer. In the quantum world, Time and space are bendable, and all versions of you are possible. Although that may sound a bit kooky, I would like to remind you that if it weren't for quantum physics, we wouldn't have digital cameras, iPhones, computers, or most forms of technology we often take for granted. So even if this quantum stuff may seem a little bit too out there to completely wrap our minds around, just know that it's not all mere theory, and it has in fact been scientifically proven time and time again over the years. We can experience our own multiverse while being in this one lifetime. I encourage you to get to know the many different sides of you because the more you expand the way the universe does, the more alive you will be, always growing, always evolving, finding more and more galaxies within yourself. As my childhood crush Carl Sagan said, the cosmos is within us. We are made of star stuff. We are a way for the universe to know itself. When you explore, all your different moods, personalities, opinions, when you look at how much you have changed over the years and what parts of you have stayed the same, it's like the universe looking at itself in human form. Don't get stuck being just one way. It's boring. The uncertainty principle, particles and waves. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle states that it is impossible to know both the position and the speed of a particle at the same time. When you measure its position, you sacrifice knowing its speed, and vice versa. Heisenberg discovered that the photon behaved as both a particle and a wave. More interestingly yet, he came to the conclusion that the mere act of observing and measuring affected the outcome of the experiment. In the experiment, Heisenberg fired photons that went through a screen with a single vertical slit cut in the middle of it. And when passing through the slit, the photons landed on a surface on the other side. During the single-slit experiment, the photons landed directly on the surface in front of the slit in a vertical shape resembling the slit. However, when he added two slits to the screen, instead of landing on the two spaces right in front of the slits, the photons landed in several vertical shapes across the screen, not just two. What Heisenberg realized was that a photon could act both as a particle, as in the single-slit experiment, and it could also act like a wave with several interacting points, like in the double-slit experiment. When the photon acts like a particle, it has only one point of interaction with a surface it touches. But when it acts like a wave, it has many points of contact with that surface. In the same way an ocean wave has many points of contact with the shore. We are single particles when we think of ourselves as individuals but we are also waves when we think of ourselves as having many points of contact when interacting with life. Carl Jung called these many personalities archetypes, living in our collective unconscious. An archetype is a symbolic representation of a human tendency, characteristic, personality trait, and or behavior. For example, the hero-heroine archetype is someone we can see in many people in history and fiction, such as Joan of Arc, Gandhi, Jesus, and Superwoman. The villain archetype we see in Hitler, our personal enemies, corrupt politicians, and the Joker from Batman. The child and lover archetypes most of us can relate to, since we've all experienced being children and being in love at some point with someone or something. Jung believed an infinite number of archetypes exist in every person's collective unconscious. The unconscious that we all share with each other, like a fabric that unites all of our unconsciousnesses together. Think of it like the fabric of the dark sky in which all the stars can be seen. The archetypes are the stars. The sky is our collective unconscious. All of these archetypes are for us like the many different points of contact a wave has when it hits the shore. Our archetypes are many different points of contact that we have when approaching life. If we learn to see life and ourselves more like a wave, then we can have a better chance of learning how to write it. Sometimes life is measurable, sometimes it's definitive in certain ways, but at other times it is unpredictable and incomprehensible. Many of us living in technology and achievement-obsessed cultures tend to see ourselves mainly as one particle that can be manipulated like in a Newtonian world. We can give ourselves goals, we can schedule our days, we can eat and burn a certain amount of calories to lose weight, and while there are many instances when we can and should create some kind of structure in our lives, we aren't robots. There is a part of us that does function like a wave with ups and downs, roaring and calming, ungraspable. Like water, we are moldable, we are fluid, we are motion, We are emotion. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle proved that when we measure a photon, we can measure its position or its speed, but not both at the same time. We can only have a rough idea of where the photon can truly be at any point in space and time. Similarly, we can't fully measure ourselves. In modern times, we measure ourselves by our job, our house, our looks, our bank account, and other superficial things. But how does one measure the inner workings of a person? We can try to categorize people with IQ tests, zodiac signs, or psychological disorders, but they only offer one version of the larger story. Labeling or measuring ourselves would be like trying to measure the universe. The more we know about the universe, the more we discover it's bigger than we previously thought, and the same applies to us. Ask yourself, who am I? You don't know. You may have a rough idea, but you'll never truly know all that you are capable of in all circumstances, because circumstances are infinite. The way we can use the uncertainty principle in our lives is to remember that we are both particle and wave. We have a certain amount of control over our lives, and at the same time, we have no control whatsoever, and we cannot ever fully measure or understand ourselves. Knowing something definitively is like a dead end, but uncertainty is a journey we can go on forever. Joseph Campbell had a great quote that I think about every time I try to figure it all out and end up overwhelming myself. I get caught up trying to come up with definitive answers about the meaning of life, where we come from, and what it all means. He said, People say that what we're all seeking is a meaning of life. I don't think that's what we're really seeking. I think that what we are seeking is an experience of being alive so that our life experiences on the purely physical plane will have resonance with our own innermost being and reality so that we actually feel the rapture of being alive. For me, embracing uncertainty has been key to feeling more alive. It has allowed me to come out of funks, addictions, anxiety, eating disorders, and many other fixed orbits I was on for a while. Uncertainty is scary because, in the unknown, could lie our possible death. There could be a tiger in the middle of the night, hiding in the woods, or a robber waiting for us in the dark alley. The human mind likes to know certainties, so that it can continue doing what it's done best for us, keep us alive. But fearing or avoiding uncertainty is a way for us to react from our limited, fight-or-flight animal nature. To operate from our grander consciousness we go into uncertainty despite our fear because it means that we keep moving we keep flowing we keep discovering more and more orbits of existence to embrace uncertainty is to dance with life to ride the quantum wave final thoughts for many of us science has taken the place of religion we trust science more than we do religion because science isn't based on mere faith, but on proof. And that's cool. I like thinking critically and for myself, relying on logic and reason, not making myself gullible to other people's agendas. However, I'd be rather naive if by now I still believed that we will ever be able to fully understand the workings of God. After all, we can only know what we know based on our own experiences and our senses, based on the planet, that is rotating over our heads. The closest I have come to relating to the world and to others past my own existence is to delve deeper into my own existence, to not avoid the dark places, to go into the unknown, both outside and within myself, to think of myself at a quantum level where I operate the way every living thing operates, even if I can't see it with my naked human eyes. At a microscopic level, we are all the same. I encourage you to do your own research when it comes to quantum physics i'll be posting links at the end of the written version of this piece which you can find on my website thebodyhigh.com blog entry developing the quantum mind use the quantum energy that empowers the internet to your advantage and watch youtube videos on the heisenberg principle and double-slit experiment quantum leaping and multiverse theories once you get the visuals in your head you'll be able to refer back to them time and time again when you look at the way your mind and your emotions work. I think it is essential to have a visual model ingrained in our psyche because once we learn to relate to ourselves in terms of the smallest particles that we are all made of, this gives us perspective about our troubles, our worries, and whatever is getting in the way of living our life to the fullest. Remember, It is not about getting rid of unpleasant emotions or fixing ourselves. It's about getting to know ourselves so well that we, working together with a quantum energy that moves us, can co-create the kind of life we want to live. As Coral Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. As humans, we are like atoms with a proton-filled nucleus and electrons circling around it. Author Bill Bryson puts it like this, protons give an atom its identity, electrons its personality. Our core, our positively charged atomic nucleus, is what the Buddhists call our basic goodness. We are born good, and that is at the center of who we are. Our electrons are the many mental and emotional states of orbit, that are possible as we grow into our humanness. Spiritual teacher Amit Ray's quote sums it up beautifully. Deep down, nature is inherently peaceful, calm, and beautiful. The universe as a whole is perfect, the chaos is on the surface. To live a full life, I really believe we need to feel and honor the entire spectrum of our emotional orbits to learn to live with the many versions of ourselves that exist within us, especially the ones we don't like, especially the parts of us that we don't like to admit we have or that we don't like to see reflected back in the mirror. Because if we don't accept these, if we don't honor them, if we don't acknowledge their existence, we will continue to run away from them. And they'll act like our shadow stuck to our foot. No matter how hard we try to shake it off, it will still follow us. To embrace the darkness and the unknown is essential. Only when we do that will we be relaxed enough to embark on life's unforeseeable twists and turns, which to me is the thrilling eternal roller coaster I don't ever have to get off of. An atom isn't one dimensional and nor are we. In discovering our many layers through the development of the quantum mind, something that at first may seem more sci-fi than real life, I truly believe that we can transcend our understanding of who we are and what we do. I found this practice, as I mentioned earlier, especially helpful when working through my own hang-ups, my own anxieties, and things that were getting in the way of me liking myself. I didn't get rid of these. I just learned to live with them in a more friendly, understanding, compassionate, and respectful way. In a country where so many people are using anti-anxiety and anti-depression medication, where we are addicted to so many things besides drugs. Quantum physics can enlighten us on how to be with ourselves better. I will be writing and podcasting on the many different paths we can take to start developing our quantum mind. These are practical methods to arriving at that same quantum sweet spot. Just to give you a brief idea, some of these methods are compassion, humor, awe, humility, curiosity, resilience, patience, body love, definitely body love perspective, and many more. So subscribe to the Body High podcast and continue reading the Body High blog. I had a wonderful time putting this together and trying to organize these thoughts for you. I hope they made sense. I look forward to doing more of these. Leave your comments. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time.